I am looking for sponsors for the Covert Narcissism podcast. I don't know if you've heard some of the other podcasts where you get a discount code for the sponsors that they use. So I want to do that here. So what products are you already using that you want a discount on? I can be an affiliate for you. Or what products do you want to try? I don't want to do this with just random stuff. I want to hear from you. My email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, as in Covert Narcissism Group. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate. It keeps us pushing forward on this mission. I appreciate it more than you know. To become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio. And I am incredibly grateful for your support. I recently presented a concept in my group coaching sessions that describes the journey through the teenage years and how this relates to your journey, you know, through a relationship with a covert narcissist. And the response from the group members was just amazing. It was overwhelmingly positive. And one member said to me, please tell me that you are going to make that a podcast. Well, I've considered this several times. And to be honest, the only reason that I haven't is because the concept is best described visually. And you know, that's a little tough to do in a podcast. So I thought, okay, I've got to find a way to do this. I had such a positive response to that simple diagram that I'm just compelled to give it a shot. So we're going to do this. If you can right now, I want you to pause this for a minute and find a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. Now, if you're driving your car, and I know many of you are, please do not try to find a piece of paper. You know, I know some of our audience listens while they're out jogging or working out or going grocery shopping, whatever. So I get it if you can't do that right now. So we're going to make this visual handout available to you by link as a PDF, you know, in the description of the podcast. So you can look at it later, or you can catch a snippet, you know, like video version of this podcast on TikTok and Facebook. And it also will include a visual piece, that, that visual piece. To find us on TikTok and Facebook, simply search The Covert Narcissism Podcast. And don't forget about the Covert Narcissism Group. That's my Facebook group where you can connect with other victims of covert narcissistic abuse. To find that, search The Covert Narcissism Group. If you don't have any access to any of that right this minute, engage your imagination and let's go. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of The Covert Narcissism Podcast. And we are going to give this visual lesson on a podcast a go. Escaping a relationship with a covert narcissist is a lot like living your teenage years all over again. You are back in that place of trying to find you again. You're learning to stand up for yourself again. You're dealing with big emotions again. You are angry and reactive and going through all the turmoils of, you know, the ups and downs of all the emotional responses again. Who in the world wants to go back and live their teenage years again? I certainly don't. Now, to demonstrate this, we're going to use a Venn diagram. Do you know what that is? It's, you know, we used to use them in school to visually show the relationships between things. It's circles on a piece of paper. 
And some of the circles overlap with each other while others don't. And it depends on what you're demonstrating and explaining. Some of them overlap a lot. Some of them overlap a little. Well, we are going to draw a simple Venn diagram. So on that piece of paper at the bottom of the page, I want you to draw a small circle inside of a larger circle. Label the small circle as you and label the larger circle as your parents. Now, this is you as a child. As children, we are consumed by our parents, completely absorbed in their identity, their sense of self, their likes and dislikes. And just as a side note here, young kids do not see their parents as two separate entities. They see them as a unit. And it's only as we get older that we actually realize that our parents are, really have separate identities from each other. Unless you're in a narcissistic family, and then they really don't. So, but that's, that's a side issue. Well, kind of. So as a child, we are simply an extension of our parents. We don't have significant likes or dislikes that are outside of theirs. Uh, Sure, we might have some likes and dislikes when it comes to food or TV shows, but we easily go right along with them when it comes to favorite sports teams, politics, religion, worldviews, even opinions about other people in our lives. Infants and toddlers are the world's best copycats. We mimic what our parents are doing, but not just our parents. Young children actually learn from other adults in their lives as well. And even from TV, like little sponges, we just absorb how others interact with this world around them. And we do the same thing. It might begin with that simple and yet so gratifying smile that a baby mimics back to another person, but it continues with matching facial expressions copying a tone of voice or selection of words, and even mimicking how one holds a phone. But after the toddler years, and before we arrive at these rebellious teenage years, we claim for ourselves a lot of those beliefs that our parents hold. We might attend the same church for all of those years, hearing the same teachings and developing the same beliefs. It's very easy to accept their teaching because we simply do not know any differently. As we learn more about life outside of our parents, we begin to explore other thoughts and beliefs. We start wondering what are our own likes and dislikes? What do we, you know, do I really like that? Or or is that just because my parents like that? We start to explore our own beliefs, what our own purpose in life is, what direction will we take? And we kind of push our parents away. We push them into the background of our mind. For this stage of life, Above that picture, okay, you've got that picture of the small circle with the big circle. Above that, now we're going to draw two more circles. I want you to draw two circles that are close in size to each other, but overlap with each other just a bit in the middle. So while these two circles are mostly independent of each other, they are still very connected in the center. These are you in those teenage years, you and your parents. You're beginning to become a person outside of your parents' circle but you're still quite connected by finances, social circles. You're still living together, rules, expectations, academic responsibilities, and so on. But you are seeing them more as an entity outside of you and you outside of them. Now to make this transition and to break from the parents when you were inside their circle, teenagers have to pull from a bucket of narcissistic traits. They go through this phase of narcissism. It's a developmental phase, and it's quite natural. 
I'm not saying that they're narcissistic through all of their teenage years, and I'm definitely not saying that they're going to be a narcissist later in life. This is a developmental phase, and everyone hits it at a slightly different age. The phase may last only for a few weeks here and there, or it may last for several years. In fact, you may feel like your teenager is never going to actually get out of it. Let's look at the traits uh, on narcissistic personality disorder that come from the DSM, at least a few of them to kind of get the picture here. A grandiose sense of self-importance. Well, teenagers, they're so focused on their own world. Nothing else seems to matter. Not because they're a mean person. They just can't see past their own world during this phase. Their world and their drama is all that counts. How about fantasies of success, power, and ideal love? Another definition of the narcissistic personality disorder. Well, teenagers, they're ready to conquer the world. I can do it all. I will be amazing. And I'm not going to consider any rational advice that you, my parent, may be giving me. What about ideal love? How many teens say, oh, I'm in love. This is my true love. We're going to be together forever, even after only a few weeks of dating. Another characteristic that they latch onto is the belief that they are special and unique and that no one really understands them. Have you ever heard a teenager say, no one gets it? They feel like no one in this entire world understands them. They hold this view that their situation and their problems are one of a kind. How about needing admiration? The insecurity of the teenage years causes them to need lots of positive input. They need admiration and reassurance even when they declare they don't, they still do. A sense of entitlement, like I said earlier, their wants and needs are all that counts. That goes above everyone else's. They expect you to drop everything you are doing to meet their needs, and they do not understand when you don't. In fact, they can become quite agitated and upset. The lack of empathy? Yeah, teenagers have a lack of empathy simply because the world outside of them does not exist. Again, this is a phase, and it's a phase that might only last little brief moments here and there, and it may last for a while. But it's their feelings that matter, not anyone else's, because they're trying to find their feelings. This type of narcissism is adaptive narcissism. It serves a purpose as the teenager breaks away from their parents, their parents' beliefs, their parents' image of them, and so on. I talk about this in a couple of previous episodes. Uh, The two episodes I want to mention here are Not All Narcissism is the Same, which released on January 8th of this year, and Everyone Around Me is a Narcissist, which released on January 22nd. Go back and take a listen to those to get a little bit more description of adaptive narcissism. Now, these two overlapping circles that you drew, They will draw closer to each other at times, and they will pull away from each other at other times. Sometimes they will overlap a lot, and other times they may barely touch each other. Now let's get to the last set of circles. Above this, I want you to draw two completely independent circles, equal in size, but this time completely separate from each other. These two circles side by side are you, the child, and your parent now as separate entities. This is a healthy adult-to-adult relationship. You're no longer enmeshed in each other, and each one stands in your own separate identity. Now, at least this is the case if these are two healthy, non-toxic individuals. Like I mentioned a little while ago, I said it doesn't really pertain, but it does. In narcissistic families, this point of growth is often not obtained. Even well into adulthood, the adult child of a narcissistic parent is often stuck in that overlapping circles, stage two of this, and never finds independence from this abusive parent. In essence, they are stuck 
in their teenage years. Now, imagine these two circles. Let's look back at the two circles that are at the top of the page. Now we're going to fast forward in life. You're a healthy individual, a healthy adult, independent from your parents. Now you find a partner in life, okay? The spouse that you end up marrying, and you see yourself as two separate individuals, two separate identities. You have your identity and they have theirs. As the relationship develops, you become more entwined with each other. Well, that's fine. That's normal and it should happen. You move into this phase two where the two circles of that relationship, you overlap some. And in a non-toxic relationship, this is great. This is normal. You share common interests, mutual friends. You go on trips together. You maybe even, you know, move in together or get married. You start some hobbies together. You go to social events together. Your finances start to overlap. And maybe even you raise children together. At times, you may overlap a lot. And at other times, not so much. No problem, right? So long as the two identities remain intact, it's fine. But when you're in a relationship with a covert narcissist, this overlap becomes more and more dominant. You begin to lose the boundary that is between you as to kind of where you stop and they begin. You become so consumed with them, obsessed with who they are and how they're feeling, their image that they have to hold up, uh, winning their affection, never losing them. So the fear of abandonment, never upsetting them. And this becomes an obsession inside your head. Their manipulative skills are all aimed at making you the smaller person and them larger than life in your world. They play on your sympathies so that you are now working extra hard to make them happy or to build them up. They play on your compassionate side to trigger your guilt when you don't do enough for them. They use intermittent reinforcement to keep you working diligently to win and maintain their approval. They devalue you with snide and sharp remarks to keep you in line and again to keep you working extra hard to win their approval. They make demeaning comments to keep you inferior to them so that you will look up to them as this amazing partner, the wonderful wizard, the expert of everything. It does not take long and you don't even recognize yourself anymore and you don't even realize it at least not for a very long time. You are actually all the way down back to the original picture of the small circle that's completely engulfed in this bigger circle. You are completely lost in them. They are everything and you are nothing. It's like you're a small child again inside their world. You are living your childhood all over again and you don't even know it. You may be this way for years, even decades. And then one day, you realize it. One day, something clicks. One day, the fog lifts and your eyes open up. And once you see it, you cannot unsee it. So now what do you do? What do you do is you go back through those teenage years all over again. You start standing up for you again. Except instead of it being with your parents, this time, it's your spouse. Breaking out of a relationship with a covert narcissist can truly feel like your teenage years all over again. And this makes sense. You are fighting for your independence. Once again, it begins as you wake up to the fact that every thought that you have in your head centers around your narcissistic partner. You are weighing every decision you make based on how they will react, what they will say, what they will do, how they will take it, how they will feel. And you just don't want to do this anymore. In those teenage years, it was, what will my parents think? But now it's, what will my husband think? Or what will my wife think? And you buck up against that. 
You start standing up for yourself. You start setting boundaries with your spouse. Yes. You might get sharp and reactive, wondering who you really are anyways. Again, you're going through the teenage years all over. Did you ever feel like that as a teenager? Who am I? What do I believe in? What do I like? What do I dislike? Wondering, you know, who you really are, wondering what you want to get out of this life, who you want to be, and overwhelmed with the thoughts of how to get there. So what about now? What do you do? You will find your way through this. I believe in you and all the amazing things that you can do. And I'm going to tell you, you got through your teenage years once. This time, you'll never go back. This time you get through all of this. You get through it. You get yourself back in a healthy place and don't ever look back. You are stronger than you know. The resources are out there. Individual sessions with me. Group coaching. You can find that on www.covertnarcissism.com. But videos, podcasts, books, blogs, Facebook groups, you can find the help that you need. I've been in your shoes. I know that thought of facing this, of trying to make sense out of all of it and talking to anyone, that's terrifying. I've hidden books in my car, books that I was reading on narcissism. They were under the seat in my car, and I would only read them in parking lots. I've had members that begin their journey with me while hiding in a closet on a Zoom session, fearful of these conversations, both externally, the people around them, and internally. Can I really face this? Watching these individual people find their strength once again and begin to stand in their truth is so inspiring. And it can happen for you too. You are stronger than you know. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.